HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com, the official page for travel to the Napa Valley, America's legendary wine, food, arts, and wellness capital. For more information, visit www.VisitNapaValley.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. It's Monday afternoon at 1 p.m., and I'm in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which means this is Tech Bytes on the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Jennifer Leitzi, and every Monday we talk about the intersection of food and technology and how tech is impacting our culinary lives. To listen live or on demand, click on to HeritageRadioNetwork.org or get te- Tech Bytes to go and download the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Before we get started, I always like to introduce everyone in the studio so you can match the names to the voices. First up, the man who wears many Heritage Radio hats is Jack Inslee. He is our engineer. He is the network's executive producer. He is also a music DJ and the host of Full Service Radio on Thursday nights at 7.30. Hello, Jack. Whoop, there we go. Hey there. (laughs) (laughs) Also in the back of the booth, we have our radio intern, whose name is Declan. Hello there. Hello there. And in studio, this is a fun show because we have Heritage Radio Network peeps. Sitting across from me is Jimmy Carboni, who hosts a show called Beer Sessions. Hey, Jennifer. Thanks for having me on. With a great radio voice. And his... Literary conspirator Rachel Wharton, who Hello. also is Heritage Radio Network family. Yes, I've had many shows. I think I've had three shows. I love your shows. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a year if you've crammed them all together. So, the first thing we do on Tech Bites is we start off like a good meal with an appetizer, and we all talk about our favorite apps and things that we're using right now. And so you have a few minutes to think about it, although Jimmy might be a little bit challenged because I know he's on a BlackBerry. So we'll give you some time to think about that. I think I need some time to think about that. 
My apps today are actually pretty obvious. And when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about this afternoon, I thought, I can't believe I haven't talked about this before. My apps are the Stitcher radio app and the podcast app. Back in the day, when podcasting and iTunes and all those things started, the podcasts would just download into your music and audio library. Now we have a special app, depending on which platform you get your podcasts from. I, of course, have both on my phone, Stitcher, Radio, and iTunes, so I can collect all of the Heritage Radio podcasts and a bunch of other fun things as well. So those are my apps. They're free. Get them. Get the podcasts. Get the radio and take it with you is that how you listen to the shows on your phone i do i subscribe to them and i download the current episodes and scan through and look for subjects that i'm interested in and then i usually listen to um heritage radio when i'm walking around and on the subway and on the go i I don't have a car because i live in manhattan so i do not have drive time (laughs) for my radio so it's walk time and train time and then I listen to it live at home, typically, when I'm you know, doing stuff around the house, like folding laundry and opening the mail. I'll just you know, click my computer on and just play whatever's playing live. Yeah, that's how I listen to, washing yeah, the dishes, you know, things like that. Everybody Some people, homebrewers, listen while they're homebrewing. Everyone always says, it's always washing the dishes. If you're like, I listen to podcasts when I'm washing the dishes. <laughs> well, I like, you know, talking about apps, it brings it back to radio. Like, I grew up listening to radio, and, and the, my favorite thing to listen to on the radio was baseball. And I love baseball. And I would go outside and play, throw, throw the balls around with my brother, and we'd have the radio outside. To me, that's what radio time is. You can do something else and listen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. And you can it, actually follow along then, in your case, follow along with the radio while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if we could do a cooking show f- with radio where people followed at home and actually cooked in the kitchen while they were listening to the broadcast. I, I wonder I has that been done? Who did, has that I think been I done? interviewed people for my heritage show who actually did that. It was actually two sisters. They lived in different places, and that's what they did. That was their show. Maybe they would we'll, cook together. No chefs allowed. Is that no what chefs it was? allowed? It, no. Okay, that so, was the name of the show. That was the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would do that because like you know, someone's talking you through some of the recipes. Yeah, and then the sound and the sound engineering would become very important. Yes, this is how you can tell the oil's ready. Sizzle, mm-hmm. sizzle. Right. Excellent, Jack. What's your app today? I'm running thin on apps, man. After I don't know how many episodes of the show, but I will say I was <laughs> driving upstate this weekend, borrowed my dad's car, which is much nicer than my '96 Sentra, and uh, <laughs> I wanted to play some podcasts in the car, but I forgot the audio cable, and then realized that my phone could do Bluetooth audio. So that's not really an app, but I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, in terms of apps, one I-, I never realized there was a Google Hangout app, so you can G chat on your phone. I never, I don't know why I didn't know that was possible, but I finally downloaded that, so I can answer. G chats on my phone. Excellent. That's all I've got. Declan, he's got a good one, I think. Oh. Uh, um. So this one actually got a lot of. I I don't really use it, but um, it's really cool, and I would use it if I had more Twitter followers. It's called Meerkat, and I think a lot of news was talking about it. It's basically like you can stream live video to all your Twitter followers, so for whatever you want, and it's just a really cool, like versatile thing to do <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe we should investigate that further and then we could live stream to our twitter followers a live broadcast that, that might be fun like a great idea yeah that maybe take a look at that and we can implement that in one of the future shows mm. 
And for people who want to follow us on Twitter, it's at TechBytesHRN. T-E-C-H-B-I-T-E-S-H-R-N. So, Jimmy, do you have an app for us? You know, I'm not really an app guy. I'm, 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 it's a funny thing. I'm actually coming back to Facebook. For a while, I felt that when, when maybe six years ago, a lot of food people were getting on Facebook, and it felt really new, and then kind of the same thing happened with Twitter. But now I'm finding that, that Facebook, I feel like I can actually reach people because I'm able to post things and, and link to uh, people that I know. So I feel like in, in, the, in my field or in people that I know, they actually will, will check it out. And I feel like on Twitter, I get lost. And I'm not really active on Instagram right now. So Do you have the Facebook app on your BlackBerry? No, that's a problem with my BlackBerry. It doesn't really take the apps well. So I just go through a browser <laughs> on my out. phone. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know. So your BlackBerry is an app-free zone. It, it's, I think that I don't trust the apps on it. Okay. So. <laughs> Rachel, any apps? I just started um, using Tape-A-Call, which is pretty awesome. It allows you to tape a call. Like an outgoing call from your iPhone, you can record both me and the person I'm interviewing, which is really nice. I got that recommendation from a lot of other journalists, and it works pretty well. But you have to call out. It's awesome. And I actually just downloaded, I have not used it yet. I think it's called, let me look it up, Storehouse? It's, um, I read about it, it was a story about a photographer who's taking pictures from a helicopter of cities at night because the lenses and the cameras can capture things that the human eye can't see. And he, he took these pictures for men's health and he was disappointed at, that no one was like, oh my God, look at what, look what. he was, that people didn't really take note of what he was trying to show off in the photo. So he posted it to this site called Storehouse, which allows you to take your photos and it turns it into kind of visual storytelling. So you can take it, you know, you go to, go on a trip to, Oaxaca and you post like 10 pictures and it automatically makes it look like it's this beautifully laid out photo essay. So I'm hoping to play with that one. Storehouse. Storehouse. Maybe I'll download that and see what I can do with the 10 photos I take between the shipping container and the L train. (laughs) (laughs) See how poetic a photo essay it can make. So why do we have Jimmy Carboni and Rachel Wharton on the show today? We have them because they are the authors of an electronic cookbook that recently got nominated for one of the IACP awards this year. IACP is the International Association of Culinary Professionals, and annually they do awards for all kinds of things, including books, and they have a digital category. So their book, I Like Pig, is one of the finalists, and they will find out on March 30th, I think it is, at the big IACP conference. I think it might be Sunday. If they've won or not, but really being nominated is probably yeah, really we can totally put a that, distinction. Jimmy, we can, I feel like we can put that on our resume. I can, it's I can pretty huge. It. I can add it right now. But so, but that's that's our tech. Like mm-hmm. just to jump in, that you know when we started it, uh, there's our, our buddy um, Nick used to be the tasting table editor. Falschold. Nick Falschold awesome. was putting together some apps, and I ta- and there's an event that that I've run for several years called Pig Island, where we have different chefs cooking. Uh, whole pigs from upstate farmers and I wanted to create something that would you know at least reinforce and give back to the chefs so hey we'll promote some of the recipes you've done and I, and so that was my investigation into the new tech and we looked at apps and he said well you know for what you want to do and, and, and there's it might be more expensive to start he just said just do an ebook and he, and he, and he matched me up with Rachel who, who I already knew and I was psyched to work with um, but then the journey began where I think the reason we're nominated is that, is that Rachel and, and with the photographer John Taggart, they really went beyond 
you know, the, I think the ebook is kind of a, a fairly simple format right now. But I think yeah, really, but, Rachel should really tell what they did that made it different. Right. Before we get too much to the journey and the content, I'm so I'm glad you talked about how it came to be, because to me, you're a very analog person, Jimmy. You're a very in-person, real-time, not digital, not technology, not far away in the computer. Your event, Pig Island, is very hands-on. So it just it, it almost struck me as strange, actually, that your book about this event was digital. And then my next question was, it's $1.99, which is great and super reasonably priced and cheaper than, you know, like the Dark Sky Weather app. How does that become financially viable, though, also? Well, it's so not. I mean, what, what it was is like a, a couple years ago, I, I had pitched a book and I got feedback from the editor. And then I just realized the amount of work I was going to have to put into a print book. Working with a writer and doing the proposal and the pitching, I said, "Fuck, fuck that." You can, I, I'm going to do my own thing, so you and can that's say whatever kinda, you want. <laughs> that's kind of how we do it. It's like let's just do it, and you know. Um, I actually it, think that eBooks are actually better financially for an author in some ways because, um, well, there's my our time to produce it, which is can be expensive, but the cost of producing an ebook is very, very low, and then you as the author can immediately make money from any any anyone that you sell. So it's it's kinda and I also to your statement about how Jimmy's a very analog person, ebooks are are you know, A, you can reach a lot more people because people can afford it. They can download it very easily. So it's one way to get books to people. Um and get information out to to the wider audience more quickly, and they're also they're actually still kind of analog. I mean, I basically submitted the thing as a Word document, and it looks ex- almost exactly like the Word document. It's so they're a, kind it's of almost analog. like a PDF. You're buying no, no, a PDF no. It's actually almost. not. No, it's, it's not like a PDF because you there's actually okay. So I'll just there's there's two kinds of from what I understood from working on this project there's two kinds of ebooks that you can do one is almost exactly a PDF it's designed it looks like a PDF but if you've ever tried to read a PDF on your iPhone it doesn't scale like you have to scroll to get to one side and go back and what we did it's is, not individual pages that are turning right. almost it's just one giant page that just well, keeps scrolling or it's like it's like literally as if you opened a PDF on your phone or your tablet it it looks like a PDF, but it's it doesn't it's not very easy to read on a phone or a tablet. So the version of the ebook that we did, there's there's literally no design. You can't even fl- you can't even make a photograph flush left or right. It's literally text. You can you can, it's literally text and images that just float in there. They like the way they would in a basic word document before they came up with any of the image formatting, and all you have is color of text and font like one of 10 fonts and font size and, and anything that you can, any, any kind of image that you can put it like, like a dot an ellipsis dot or a hash mark. And, and then even that isn't, isn't perfect because people can change it to make it look, they can change it to the font they want. So you're essentially working with not even the full capabilities of word. You're working with text and images. Um, and I'm just going to keep talking about this because this is so it's, it's actually fascinating because this is almost the, this is self-publishing in some respects. It's also like when you first time you ever built a web page in like 1990, in like 1994. It was like, <laughs> ooh, I put a picture in there, and like I made it Times New Roman, whatever. So when I I didn't have, I didn't know any of this when I started on this project. But what I quickly found is that most most people take their cook, except for Mark Bittman, who made some like fancy crazy ebook app. Um, most people just take the text and the images from the book project and slap it in there. And then 
the image it doesn't look very good it's not very pretty so how do you how we wanted to make it look we wanted to make it pretty somehow so we had first of all um if you use a regular fo- image size it's you know it's t- it's either going to be horizontal or vertical and it's only going to look good it's only going to look good one way if someone turns their phone the other way or their or their ipad the other way it doesn't look good anymore and it it the text might flow around it oddly so what john and i realized is that we should there's there's an app that's figured out how to make pictures look awesome on an iPhone or tablet and it's called Instagram. <laughs> and they turned it into squares. So we made every picture a square so that it looked And the they also same. don't move. Yeah. The profile doesn't change when you move your device around. Exactly. So we made all the images square so that they they we knew that they wouldn't like if you flip it all of a sudden the text the bumps scale to, is always going to be correct scale is always going to be correct and it's going to look good it's going to look the same no matter how you're viewing consistency. it consistency and then we also used filters because we're like okay if we're going to go with the instagram model we're going to use a, a little bit of filter on the photos and we're going to make them squares and then we worked with a, a great the illustrator who did the the cover we figured out a way to use only text tech font we didn't even, I mean, we basically used Courier and Times, I think. But we figured out a way to use very basic color, red and black. And we used dashes and plus marks and dots and to to create a style. And then we submitted the Word document. <laughs> she was like, I don't think I've ever designed anything in Word before. Um, <laughs> and and that's, it, took a, it took us months. I feel sorry for Jimmy. It took us months to figure out. Because for a while, I was like... I kept, I, like, even though we had beautiful pictures from professional photographers, I was like, they're still going to look bad. What are we going to do? Months and, is not yeah. actually that long when yeah. you're talking about <laughs> writing and publishing a book. Usually it's, yeah. it's years, years and years and years and years. Well, yeah, I mean, yes. But, you know, there was like the Pig Island event that we were trying to get the thing done for. So there was like a, a fixed a fixed date but it took us a long time to figure that out and we finally did well speaking of fixed date and fixed time we are at the halfway break point which is the perfect time to find out who the sponsor of the show is and hear some new music from jack and this one's called meeting at the docks to discuss a heist in paris 1961 by rec Brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com. Welcome to the Napa Valley, North America's legendary wine and food capital, where the art of living well is defined and each season holds a story waiting to be discovered. Life feels slower here. 
lived at a place where tables are set with care. Fine wine and food are created from the bounty of our own vineyards and gardens, and relationships with friends and family gathered around the table are somehow sweeter. When planning a trip to the Napa Valley, we invite you to visit the destination's official visitor website, visitnapavalley.com, or stop by Napa County's official visitor information center, located in downtown Napa, where our friendly and knowledgeable community ambassadors can assist you in creating your own legendary Napa Valley experiences. The Visitor Information Center is located at 600 Main Street, Napa, and is open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., seven days a week, 360 days a year. Your invitation to experience the Napa Valley beckons. Take a deep breath, lose yourself in our quiet green and golden hills, renew your body and spirit, taste our legendary wines and cuisine, and experience the people who make this valley like no other in the world. For more information, go to visitnapavalley.com. Well, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes on the Heritage Radio Network. And if you like the show so far, think about becoming a member at heritageradionetwork.org. You'll support a lot of great programming and you get a pizza tote bag, which is pretty amazing. In studio today, we have Jimmy Carboni, who is one of my fellow show hosts. He has a fantastic little uh, farm source tavern and craft beer emporium called Jimmy's Number 43 in the East Village. And he puts on a pig party called Pig Island every year. And he got together with Rachel Wharton to do an e-cookbook as a tribute to that, to the farmers and the event and all those kinds of things. So what we're in the middle of talking about now is how digital publishing has really, as a platform, made publishing more accessible to more people, both in terms of being able to put something together and get it out there relatively quickly and inexpensively. But then on the flip side of that, so many times people write beautiful books, whether they be culinary or literary or anything else, and they never really get to make that much money off of it because all the money goes to the big publisher or the industry. So... At the beginning of the show, Rachel was saying that this model actually is a little bit kinder to authors and artists. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I, because, uh, well, if you go, if you get a, like with typical book deals, there's an advance and you have to sell to your advance and then you get a percentage of royalties and there's a cut taken out by your agent and la la la. And I mean, if you're like a, I don't think that ebooks are going to make anybody like filthy rich where they're rolling in cash and there's silk sheets on their waterbed or whatever but it it does the well you know particularly like say you're say you teach classes and you you're you know you're a pickler and you teach you can do a little pickling guide and then you can make a little bit of income from the from a how-to that you probably tell people all the time i think it's like a really good model for the type of world that we are often in the diy the thing that i like about it too i mean for long term you think Oh, I've always wanted to have something that I could like. If you aren't Oprah, you could reach a million people, and I and I feel like because it's online, someone I know I've had people in England review it, and you know, someone in, in Michigan reviewed it, and you feel like well, all they have to do is click and buy, and they can get it, or they can preview it, and it's not like they have to wait for it to be shipped. They don't have to which instant gratification. Store. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of cool. That that's something that I've always wanted. So I feel like suddenly I can do a virtual tour and and talk to people around the world and they they can actually buy that product. And that's why it's a dollar 99 because I mean we talked about the price. I think we said it has to either be like 15.99 or a dollar 99. <laughs> and uh it's it's at this point we're not going to make money from it, but we just wanted to but do it. But you make almost all of that dollar 99. 
It's about right. a doll. It's about half. <laughs> Because there's a, there's the platform, the, oh, right, the, right. the platform and just, the seller. If you if you wanted to, you could probably you could ship you could deliver it straight to them, right? Yeah, I mean th- that was the other step. Is that th- there was like this developer, and then this platformvook.com that kind of made the you know from Rachel's docs to the actual whatever book. kind of file that yeah, iTunes and, they, and Amazon needs. And then they place it on all the sites. So it's it's on Amazon, it's on Google, it's on Barnes and Noble. And then so that they're kind of running that. And on the back end, you know, they'll send us our forty dollars or something, you know, every couple of months. Well, in many ways the internet makes things last forever though. So you say you might not, you know, get your money back or you might not make any money, but you know, you could have it up there for ten years and maybe you will sell a lot or you never know what could happen, provided that the platform is able to integrate into. Well, I'm an I'm an optimist, so I like I like yeah. those odds, I and mean, I like the idea that, like I said, someone in Europe. I mean, I've had friends in, in England review it already. So yeah, I mean, we I, I get a I know we sell at least one per day on the I think it's the book platform. However, they're shipping it out. Yeah, no, it's 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 it's, it's, it's the fact that we did it. That was the hard work, and now that it's up, yeah. and now we're just gonna have a party for the next five years. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you. Submitted it to ICP and you got the nomination and the nod, so that's pretty exciting. Does that inspire you to do more electronic publishing? Well, I would say definitely for the amount of work that we put in, and especially for, for Rachel, that I thought there was no doubt that I was going to submit for the awards. And, and there's a, I had a, I'm a member of ICP, and there's a fee to submit, but I, I think that the ICP is the highest uh, cookbook award. I, I think it's higher than a James Beard for for, for books. So. I thought that the amount of work we did that we deserved to at least try to submit. And was there a distinction between creating an ebook versus creating an app? Did you have a discussion about creating an app, or was that just yeah, never apps on the are table? Very, very, very expensive. I mean, that's like full-on coding. I mean, an app is is a is like a is a so, is soft is like is coding software. There's many moving yeah, parts. Yeah, and Nick Foshul. So this we could do ourselves. And an app, we would have to pay, pay a developer. Yeah, and he, he, he was doing that a couple of years ago. He had his own e-publishing, and he, he advised us that we should go for the e-book. Because he did the Italian uh, Kitchen Pantry, Pantry Kitchen app, which he was going to develop into other other cuisines. I mean, but. if you do an app, you have to do, like, user interface testing and lots of other things that you don't have to do with an e-book. Yeah, I mean, this was a shoestring budget. This was really, like, just came out of ticket receipts in my pocket and... The time that Rachel and John put in, so it's, you know, this was a labor of love. Yeah, and it was also like a, being a pioneer too. It, it was there was some. Exci- I really thought we were going to knock it out in a couple months, but then we even took the the analog part was that we actually got to do photo shoots and field trips. We went to a farm, we went to a butcher shop, we spent a day with a competitive barbecue. Uh, our friend Patty Jackson made Kodakino one day, so. That was the fun part. But it actually, I mean, I have to admit that I thought that I was like, oh, ebooks, who, you know, whatever, as a, as a, as a journalist who mainly writes for print, oddly still in 2015. Um, and this, I think they're really cool. And I, 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 there's like some, I could see like doing fun little projects with people and doing them as an ebook just cause it's not a huge, now I know how to do them, <laughs> not do them. And, um, the, the cost of entry is very low. It's really cool and exciting. And I was just encouraging someone this morning before I came here, 
they do it's fermentation on wheels they do um illustr- illustrated guides and i was like you, could, you should totally just do ebooks like all you know you can it's, i think it's kind of exciting reaching people is what she wants to do and this is the perfect medium for that and there's so many i mean there's i think there's two different there's different ways you want to consume information i love big beautiful cookbooks and have them out and flip through them and be transported and then sometimes i want to i really really just want to know how to make a sourdough starter and ebooks are perfect for something like that where it can give you really wonky information which you often is really hard to get into a mainstream book and it's also where you are when you're reading it you know we started off the show with the podcasting apps and i take podcasts with me and i listen to them while i'm walking around and in the subway it would be really difficult to be dragging around one of the eight-pound Ilbuli books on the L train yeah. and browsing it, you know, on my ride out to Bushwick. Whereas with an ebook or something electronic, it's always on the device that we have. So then, your opportunity for consumption or your moments of consumption are, are different than if it's a tactile book. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a great medium for giving people information quickly. Yeah, and I mean, for, pe- for people that travel, too, like I have a friend, she goes to Israel a lot, and she says she's on her Kindle because, first, when she's traveling, she doesn't want to carry the books. But the, the second part is when she's in a place like Israel, she just said that just books themselves cost a lot more. So she can be in Israel and download a book on her Kindle for, you know, whatever the few dollars it is. Right. At the end of every show, I always like to ask my guests for some advice for the people listening at home or on the subway. And so, Rachel, I, I would ask you, what, what's your advice to someone who is interested in pursuing a digital book for themselves? Where, where would they start? What's your advice? I mean, write it. <laughs> I mean, it's really, that's, it's amazing. Like, if you were like, how do I get a cookbook published? It's like, um, well, first you have to develop a platform for yourself, and then you have to get an agent, and then you have to sell it. But with an ebook, write it. Make it really good. And then talk to someone about putting it up on into the in, internet web. Like, it's really that easy. And what's mm. the name of the platform that your book is published on? We used Vook. Vook.com, yeah. yeah. V-O-O-K.com? Yes. Okay. And Jimmy, to you, I would ask a piece of advice on how would you go about starting a festival or an event like Pig Island? There are so many people who you know, have all these passion points about fermenting and kimchi and knitting and all those kinds of things. If I wanted to throw a, you know, kimchi knitting party. I, I think that what you do is you start small. See, I, I've always had extra space at Jimmy's number 43 in the East Village. So we used to host a lot of other people's cook-offs and things. And and that's it. Just get involved. Like same thing Rachel's saying, just write it. And I'm saying, just, just host it. You know, whether you're a cook and you want to do a pop-up, go to a bar and ask if you can use their kitchen or Ask ask a bar or a brewery if you could you could organize a small gathering and start small and and just learn it that way. I don't you don't need to start. No one needs to start big, especially if it's your passion. But especially in places like New York City, there's so many venues and spaces. Like I said, whether it's a bar on an off night or a brewery space, you can put together a small festival in a couple of weeks if you really wanted to. And I, I my, I'm just like let's just do it. But you have to have passion. That's what it is. How do you get the people to come? That's from the passion. I mean, you have to if you if you care about whatever you care about. I'm sure you know people that want to participate, and maybe you start by doing uh, you know something like a what's it called when people all participate participatory event like like a cook off or it's a potluck because then people are bee. there already 
participating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's different. You know, we're not talking about selling thousands of tickets, but when you're talking about if you're getting started, invite everyone in, 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 in your group that likes to do it. And kind of, yeah, like a homespun kind of thing. That's, how, that's how we started. I mean, years ago, I sold T-shirts for high school clubs when I was 16. So so you've been a hustler from the beginning. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm analog. I had a typewriter in college, too. So. Analog, you know, the, the interesting thing about Tech Bytes is that ultimately everything that we talk about on the show is an intersection between utilizing technology to get you to something analog and tactile and an actual real experience. Whether it's the electronic cookbook that is getting you to being able to cook a real food that you're going to eat and share with your friends or recording the Pig Island event and getting people to come back to it. Ultimately, technology is really just the means to the end in many ways because people still, with food, want the food thing at the end of the journey that's it they, they they definitely want food they definitely want to do things in person i mean that's why there's meetups and i'm only just learning about meetups and at the end of the day people want to Meet- get together there's at least one major meetup that happens at your bar jimmy which one <laughs> the fermentation meetup. oh that's a meetup i know yeah i didn't know that yeah, I thought it was just a, gra- a gathering no exactly you're hosting meetups and you didn't even know it no you're already yeah. in it <laughs> well that is all the time that we have today for Tech Bites, and I want to thank Jimmy Carboni and Rachel Wharton for spending some time telling us about their fun e-cookbook, I Like Pig, Recipes and Inspiration from New York City's Pig Island. And if you want to download that, go to ilikepig.com. And if you liked what you listened to, go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and download the podcast. And if you have something we should know about, give us a tweet. Send us an Instagram or a Facebook message. All of our handles are TechBytes, H-R-N. And come back and listen soon. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.